You're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. It is another week and I am another year and a week older. Last week we celebrated my birthday on the show and it has been quite the week. I mean, I have literally celebrated almost every day since last Wednesday, last Tuesday actually, um, when we taped the show. And it has been a really, really good week and I felt a lot, a lot of love and I just have a lot of gratitude that I want to send out there. Um, And I want to say that one of my favorite moments on my actual birthday was when you and Bodhi came in to the office and saying me happy birthday, Candace. Oh, I'm so glad. I have back with me in studio Candace McDonald. She co-hosted my first episode with me. And now here we are a year later and over 50 episodes later doing it again. Woohoo. Congratulations to you. It's always a pleasure to be here. Thank you. I'm so happy to have you back. And we're drinking some fun um, Suja Red Panda cocktails here in studio with uh, Suja's Elements Berry Oxidants, some vodka, some lime, a little bit of club soda, um, and you can garnish it with a little bit of mint, throw in some some sweetener if you like. I prefer stevia. I don't know if that's any good. I'm about to ask today's guest what sweeteners we should be using, if any, Um and speaking of, since I, I was talking about how I've had a lot of a lot of sugar, a little bit of gluten, a little bit of dairy, and a lot more wine than I normally have in the past week, so my body isn't um, it's not it's not loving me at the moment. <laughs> so I want to get it back into into homeostasis, as she puts it. Please welcome. She's the founder and medical director of the Well Path, an anti-aging and wellness center in New York City, and she is also the author of The Well Path: Lose 20 Pounds, Reverse the Aging Process, and Change Your Life. Please welcome Dr. Jamie Heskett. Thank you for having me, Zach. Thank you for calling in all the way from the East Coast. Yes, it's just about my bedtime. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you for staying up. And I actually want to talk to you about bedtime and, and sleep and all of that, because I have, I have a few questions about that that I want sure, to ask. Sure, ask away. <laughs> but first, so this term that you use in the book a lot is called homeostasis. And um, I want to know what it is you actually mean by homeostasis and, and how we can achieve that. Well, it's definitely one of those big, long, scary doctor words that we hear throughout our entire training and and never say again. But I think it's a really, really important term that most people don't recognize, but it is really the crux of, of your optimal health. And what it means is really that your body is in balance, not that your body is completely still, but that okay. it's, it's shifting, you know, from one little swing to another little swing and coming back right to the middle. That place where you feel flow, you feel mm-hmm. energized, you feel like you want to have sex, that feeling that you want to go um, and engage with friends, that you have enough energy for your children, that you can think clearly, that you can concentrate, um, that your mood is good. You know, all those things that you will tap into your body and say, I feel really good today. That really is the overall definition of homeostasis. Okay. Can so it... feeling present to me sort of summarizes that. If I had to choose one word, maybe a, as a mom too, with all of that goes on in that. Absolutely. Word. And it's, you know, the body has a natural mechanism to react to stressors, both physical, mental, emotional, 
environmental. And, and that's, that's okay. It's okay to come out of that middle point and swing, react, and then readjust back to the middle. Where we go out of homeostasis is where we swing to one side or the other in a constant state of reaction to those stressors. That mm-hmm. is not homeostasis. Mm-hmm. So the fact that we can swing there for a moment, the body can, can react and adjust with its beautiful mechanisms and bring you back to that center place where you feel good, you feel flow, that is homeostasis. Being out of homeostasis is where you are constantly in that other place of reacting to all the stressors that can assault your body. Okay. And then your way of achieving homeostasis is the acronym CHANGE, correct? Exactly. And so, I'm, I'm going to try to guess with that. I'm going to try to go off of memory yes, and not actually it, look it. at my notes. Um, it's <laughs> circulation. Yep. Hunger. Yep. Activity. Yes. Yes, activity. Um, then N is nutrition. That's yep. an easy one. G is general health, and then E is exercise. Exactly. You I got it. Got you it. Nailed down. it. <laughs> now I just need to nail all of each of those down. <laughs> well, I, I always think uh, in life it's good to have some sort of acronym to remind you, you know, A to Z, uh, what what you should be focusing on, and you know, you can never look at one point in your body or one aspect of yourself um, in isolation. You have to look at the body as a whole. Right. And just like you need to look at homeostasis as a whole and how, how we actually can achieve that um, through looking at all the aspects that affect it. And change really are the five aspects, the six, C-H-A, N-G-E, six aspects that affect your homeostasis. And paying a little bit of attention to the most important components of those those aspects will keep you in that place of balance where you can swing and react to the stressors, physical, psychological, emotional, environmental, and then come back to the center and feel that sensation of flow and that sensa- and experience optimal health. So is this just because I know because I, I read the book and it's very. Um, uh, I would say geared toward, you know, like a woman, like a, I would say your demographic, right? Like someone that's a mom that's, you know, how do I, what would be, okay, my question is, <laughs> is this, can, is this applicable to anybody or? That is such a great is question. There, or, or is it just for a very uh, specific audience? This is for everybody. And here's the thing that women of my demographic, which I would say, you know, I'm in my late 40s, mother of three. I've got a young child and, t- and two teenagers. I have a husband who travels a lot. I have a, a, a medical practice where I care for people all day long, every day. It's a, it's a stressful time in a woman's life. And, and, and so, yes, um, it's wonderful for me because women like me tend to swing out of homeostasis and stay out of homeostasis in that reactive state, and it's 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 very damaging to our health. Um, however, applying these the change to any stage of your life is um, infinitely protective. It keeps you ahead of the game for when you do have stressors, and we all have stressors, whether we're um, 15 years old, 20 years old, 30 years old. 
50 years old, 60 years old, 100 years old. We're all experiencing those, and we all have moments where we can get out of homeostasis. So if you have these practical tools, these simple sustainable strategies to keep you in that balance throughout your entire life, it is, it's helpful to everybody. When, when I have... I took a group of women, 26 women, through the plan real-time to document live um, their journey. I had women who were in their um, 30 years old to 71 years old. Every socioeconomic status, every uh, quite a lovely spread of ethnicity, uh, also of lifestyle. So I had, you know, working young working um, uh, women to uh, stay-at-home moms to older women who were very high career focused um and then you know uh retired uh several retired women and mm-hmm. it was incredible how each and every one of them gained so much benefit from the change um the change protocol the the program because you're it's it's not so specific that it can't be individualized and that was the most important thing about mm-hmm. writing this book when I sit one-on-one with someone in my office, everything is very specific to that individual. You cannot, you cannot tell someone to do something that doesn't function in their life. And so I had to always morph all my recommendations to how that person's life actually was. And so to translate that in the book um, was exceedingly difficult, yet it was also fairly simple. Um, and that's, that's how I, I was able to come up with the change program um and and it and make it right. simple and sustainable for everybody at any stage of their life right and you um, make it very clear that this um you know that it's going to be very different per patient per person and that you come at it with a very um individualized approach which i think it is lacking i mean i've read a lot of other books okay. um about how to you know how to find balance within your body that are very um not applicable to anyone or don't admit that, you know, this might not, this exact plan might not work for everyone the same exact way. You cannot, there is no one size fits all. Everybody is an individual. Mm -hmm. Everybody has a life. You could line up 30 women that looked just like me and every single one of them would actually be so different. You may not make the same recommendations for them. It's, it's very, and it's, but it's so, and it's so important that you take that into account when you are trying to reach a lot of people with a book like this, right. that you, you have to allow the individual to actually rise up and be able to grab what they can from it and still have them be able to achieve what the goal of the book is, which is truly optimal health. And, um, and I, you know, it's been 20 years in the making um, and I just feel very grateful that I was able to, um, you know, uh, women who've read this book say, constantly say to me, I feel like you were talking just to me. I have mm. to say, actually, the men who've read the book um, <laughs> all feel like, um, similarly, although I don't think that they necessarily have the sim- same struggles as women do with, with weight loss, but the the men have I didn't think that this would appeal so much to men, but I was so surprised when um, a lot of the women were giving it to their husbands to read, and they really felt like they could tap into it as well. So I just took that as one other notch on my my belt. (laughs) And I don't think, and you know what, there aren't even any books out there about how to address aging for men. 
I mean, I'm granted I'm yeah. only in my early 20s, so I, you know, but I want to be proactive. And everything aging, <laughs> aging starts day one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I, so anything that you can do that is that really um, puts the focus on prevention is is so important, especially if it's something that is easily integrated into your natural lifestyle. So it's not done in a vacuum. So many of these right. programs expect you to do the program in a vacuum as if your whole life would stop. You could do the right. program, and then you have to come back into your real life, and somehow you're supposed to maintain whatever you were doing during that period of time. I think it's impossible. Yeah. Um, I could have the best pill that would cure everything that ails you. But right. if you can't take it, it's worthless. That's true. Right. So now, I, and I want to get into each of these um, uh, throughout the show, and, and we'll get to them. Um, but, Candice, I want to know, which one do you, as a mom, as someone that has a family, as somebody that runs a business that's, I mean, busy is an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> so which one do you feel like you have the most trouble with? or that you struggle the most with? Probably sleep. I feel it's, like for yeah. me that yeah. is the thing that always goes out the window first. But really what I like about this is that it's teaching you how to deal with the different moments in your life when they become out of sync. Yeah. And I recently went through something where I wasn't sleeping at all for several months and even when I was sleeping, I wasn't soundly sleeping. Right. Um, so I think sleep is, if I were to choose one thing for everybody oh, to, no, don't say to it. start <laughs> with, sorry, it's sleep. Now, you can get away with it in your 20s, but it definitely catches up to you. I haven't slept, I feel like, in 20 years. Um, I still have kids who don't sleep. Um, you, uh, but sleep, everything happens when you sleep. You know, your body repairs itself. Mm -hmm. You grow. Um, you know, it's it's so you Regenerate. your body relaxes for a, a extended period of time. All of these things generate the the important hormones that can keep you going. They keep the hormones down that that are destructive to your body. I mean, if I if I can get anybody to sleep even ten minutes longer. Um, but mm. I, I, re I, trust me, I realized the struggle. I, I told my husband the other day, I said, I, you guys have to get me some more sleep. It's, you just have to. It's, it's critical. Can I get point. that on Amazon Prime? <laughs> yeah. What about oh my God, napping? he would love that. <laughs> so I, I, I empathize with you big time on that one. But the strategies in here to get more sleep are really pretty simple. Mm -hmm. And also the goal is simple. The goal is with as with anything else in this book is just taking that one step forward that means that you're ahead of where you were before and right. you know so many of these so many programs expect you to take two leaps forward and the mountain is too high the the challenge is too great and you that's, quit before you get started and yeah. that is a feeling of failure and and, and that's that what contributes. i really like about your actual plan is that you have a whole week to to like prepare to get started like you don't you're like you're not like okay here's day one here's week one this is what you have to do you have a whole prep week or a whole time period that people have to prepare to slowly gradually do this over the course of time and not jump into it all at once because jumping into anything all at once from where you are will take you out of homeostasis and yes. if you learn anything about anything it is to the goal is to keep your body in homeostasis even if you're even if you're making the change you've got to take it 
to a place where your body is going to get a message that says, hey, listen, she's doing this a little bit at a time. That means that um, I need to adjust to where right. she where she is right now. And And in doing that slowly and gradually, the body doesn't react. The body actually just starts to get into the pattern of the flow of your new behavior. And it is... It, over the last 20 years, I have seen this over and over and over again, even in myself. The second I tell myself I'm going to make a radical change the next day, I instantly, uh, like if I say, oh, you know what, I just have to cut out all those, all the fat in my life, or I have to cut out, I have to start eating Uber, I have to restrict tomorrow. The brain gets a message that mm-hmm. there is not abundance anymore, that there is not that there is so much change going to happen. It better hold on to everything it possibly has, and it better <laughs> seek out that the box of cookies because this is the last meal yeah. it's going to get. We were just talking about that on the way in. That and 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 you say that in the book about how does it? You said it affects your hormones, hormones? right? Absolutely. I mean, your 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 brain wants you to survive. So in your brain it isn't really quite as advanced as being able to order a you know a tea, tea, a nice steak at three o'clock in the morning in New York City you know with the with the click of a a, a snap of a finger. Right. It all it knows is that if there's restriction about to happen, it better start to feed and store fat immediately because ah. it wants you to survive. So it has that old old old. Um, evolutionary physiology that hasn't changed and it relies on that and that's a good thing it's just it doesn't really work in our modern day and it doesn't really work with our modern behavior so back to sleep really quickly how many hours of sleep should we be getting per night I was my personal feeling is not the number I'm not a numbers person okay I think that the optimal goal is that if you rise with the Sun Mm -hmm. and you feel well rested and you don't have to use an alarm you are winning. Okay. okay. So any step towards that <laughs> I might is be winning. winning. <laughs> you are winning. At times. At, <laughs> At times. times. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I tell people. And okay. so if, if that's not happening, we just start to increase the amount of sleep by 10 to 15 minutes every, you know, uh, actually just once a week. Um, so in one week, you would just increase 50, going to bed 15 minutes earlier. I never tell people to get up 15 minutes early. Get Later. up 15 minutes Staying in bed 15 minutes earlier. Yeah. I always start with going to bed 15 minutes earlier. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then and eventually when that gets integrated, you go to another 15 minutes. So this isn't something that's like a quick fix, but it's a right. fix that lasts. And that's what's most important. I like that. Um, okay, so now I think a lot of books really touch on um, diet and exercise. But I like that you really expand the lifestyle to also include circulation. And you also talk about... Um, sex and relationships and the importance of like yeah. having a social life and having friends and like and I'm like why well, I'm, I'm not I'm not a very social person. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, here's the thing. We have a lot of stress and a lot of tension and there's a lot of things that bring us out of homeostasis. So, what we not only can we do things that bring us into homeostasis or stop those things that take us out, we can do things that will bring us back in. And sex is one of the things that brings us back into homeostasis. Having social, um, positive social interactions with people will bring us back to homeostasis because what they do is they generate the positive hormones that counteract the negative hormones that are swinging you in the wrong direction and that are damaging to your body. So every time you have a positive social interaction, it doesn't really matter if you had 
had a, a little bit of stress or you didn't eat right or you didn't exercise, that positive interaction is going to be on the positive side of bringing you back to homeostasis. So even if you can't remove some of the things that take you out of balance, you can add things in that bring you back to balance. And I think that's important. That That's a real mindset change from um, us always shaming ourselves into trying to right. adjust our life um, in order to be that perfect person or live that perfect life or be super healthy. It's so my it's perfectionist complex isn't healthy for me? <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me just tell you, I'm a 48-year-old perfectionist, and it is not healthy. <laughs> I have learned so much to let go of that in the last, oh, 15 years. Um, Children, that, uh, right? I'm now on. I think I'm now on the other side of that. I am perfectly oh, imperfect, and I'm much better for it. Good. Good for you. So you said in the book that we should have sex at least twice a week. Is that right? So again, I'm not a numbers person, okay. but you got to put. You have to sort of. You do have to give some sort of parameters out there. This is this is how I advise a lot of people. I say, listen, every time you think you're gonna, you want to say no, say yes, um, and and that. If you make I'm going to be having a lot teeny, of sex. No, I'm just <laughs> yeah, kidding. Right? That little teeny tiny change of that of of. When you think you want to say no, say yes, because I don't know in a healthy relationship with another person or even by yourself, I don't know one person who's ever said, God, I really shouldn't have done that. That's true. Afterwards, <laughs> right? yeah. It's like exercise. Right. Once, you, once you're there, once you're in it, once you come out the other side, you're like, hey, that was really worth my time and energy. <laughs> I feel great. So, yeah. again, just a little bit of mindset change and not focusing too much on the numbers because I really feel like that puts okay. a lot of pressure on people. But if you just – so say, you know, maybe you get the query once a week. So you're saying no once a week. Well, let's start to say yes once a week. Let's start okay. to just change that mindset just a little bit for that one step forward. Because what will happen is if you start to have sex once a week, that will perpetuate wanting to have sex twice a week. And okay. eventually you'll find the steady state where you feel like, um, you know, it's, it's working for you in, in, in a place that generates the good hormones, gets you feeling relaxed, helps you sleep better. Um, you know, again, use it or lose it. So, you know, right. once you keep using it, it'll perpetuate it. It's right. so important, though. It's and so important. Another really good one that I think isn't covered in a lot of books is circulation. Um, so circulation is, besides sleep, probably the number one way to anti-age. If you aging really in and of itself is the loss of circulation throughout the entire body as we yeah. get older. And, and you talk anything, about cellulite. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, yes. but that was the big one that I, that was like one that I the book knocked me over with was saying that like cellulite is caused by the lack of circulation in those parts of the body. Absolutely. Because when you don't circulate well, what happens is the byproducts of the cellular machinery, the, when the cells are little machines, they create garbage and that garbage will stick around in the areas that don't have good circulation. When they stick around in the areas, um, any areas, your organs, your um, your tush, especially when you sit, you're compressing all those blood vessels. When the, when that garbage sits around, it basically destroys your collagen and elastin. It causes um, increase in um, water retention. It hardens the the um, fibrous bands in your skin, and that's what causes all that puckering, um, la uh, skin laxity that leads to that dimpled effect on your bum. And we are a sitting society right now. Mm -hmm. 
15 years ago when I started my practice, I saw so many fewer cases of cellulite than I do now. It is it's like a cellulite epidemic. And not that we want to focus on something that really is seemingly superficial and unimportant, but right. you know, when it when it is an indicator of uh, probably an indicator of overall poor circulation, um you can imagine what it's doing to your internal organs, right. your skin cells, to it's your eye cells, issue. your hearing cells, everything. Right. So Here's the question for Gotta you. Got to get your blood flow going. <laughs> so uh, in the book, you also talk about age and, and the difference between our numeric age and our metabolic age. And I know I keep throwing numbers at you. <laughs> and you're not big on the numbers. But, like, what does that – what is our metabolic age and how do we find out what – how would we determine what that actually is? It's, it's, numbers aren't how bad if they I? give you perspective. And I really – I like numbers for that particular reason. Okay. So, like, I like people to count calories once so that they understand, so that they can have some perspective on what a pat of butter is or what, you know, a tablespoon of butter is. So I think numbers are important for perspective, but I think it's not, it's, uh, not helpful to always lean on them or to, um, you know, to create a generalization for all people. Mm-hmm. So I do like to start with numbers, but just for perspective. So in terms of your metabolic age, it really has to do with your lean muscle mass. So like today I just saw this wonderful video of this 80-year-old woman who was a bodybuilder, and she was like... Oh, man. If you go Google her. She's Putting us all to shame, right? Unbe- putting everyone to shame, <laughs> but unbelievable. So her metabolic age is probably that of like 20-year-old in the 20s because her lean body mass is so, is so um, high. So she's very muscular, and she doesn't really have any excess fat. We need a little bit of fat, and that's really important, but we don't need excess fat because right. we just don't need to store fat these days. It's, it's completely useless in, in our modern day. Um, so that is really, in, in, without having a fancy piece of equipment like I have in my office, that is really the best way to determine your metabolic ages, how much excess fat you have compared to how much lean muscle mass do you have. So I'm not talking about a very, very thin woman with no muscle and very little fat. That person's metabolic age is not going to be, it's going to be very high. She might be in her 60s or 70s, even if she is, um, even if she is, um, you know, 30 or 40 years old. Mm -hmm. But I might have a 70-year-old woman who has, you know, um, quite a bit of muscle mass and has very little excess fat, and her metabolic age is going to be much younger than that woman who is just super thin with no fat and no muscle. So it's really about how much muscle mass that you have. And that really is a good indicator of how fit you are. That has to do with cardiac fitness, that and, and, and also muscular strength and endurance. And those are all things that, that um, contribute to your metabolic age being very low. Okay. And so, so now more muscle, more muscle mass um, in comparison to um, how much body fat you have. Okay. I think that's a good way to look at it. It's a I'm, simple way to look at I'm it. I'm putting so on a little more muscle goal, mass. If they want to decrease their metabolic age, so they, if they want to have the me- metabolism of a 20 or a 30-year-old, they want to okay. work on building muscle and reducing their excess fat. Okay. I think that's a good goal. And, and how do would we up our protein to, to get a little more muscle? Is that a common myth or is that a myth? <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, it, you, you know, you definitely need protein uh, to fuel muscle development, but mostly mm-hmm. it's really about when you focus on your 
So in the exercise chapter, I talk a lot about how to become more fit. That's what Mm -hmm. exercise is for. And so focusing on muscle building while you're at the gym or doing yoga or you want to do some training that has to do with body resistance so that or muscle resistance so that you build up that muscle and so that that muscle becomes progressively stronger and stronger and stronger but at the same time you want to make sure that you're um you know that you're that will increase your metabolism and just in naturally your body fat will start to decrease um whether you drastically change your diet or not your your excess fat will start to diminish if you just focus on making sure that you are becoming more fit with increasing your muscle mass. And so that's really is muscle building activities like um, hiking, like yoga, like um, weightlifting. Um, Even if you do things like calisthenics will build muscle. But you always want to be able to build muscle, so you always want to be able to be progressively um, training your muscles a little bit harder each and every time you go to the each and every time you go to the gym. Yeah, I like that you made that point in the book about how exercise, like if you run for 30 minutes at the same amount of time, at the same amount of speed, three times a week, it's not really going to do anything. And the point of exercise is to keep pushing yourself, Gross, whether yeah. it's flex- flexibility or yeah. building muscle or or balance, um, which I which I really liked. Yeah, so, I mean, running 30 minutes at the same pace every single day at the gym. Doesn't challenge you. That's, that's activity, and it, I love it. I love activity, but that doesn't count as exercise. There's okay. a distinct difference because you're not building fitness. You, exercise is for building fitness, for having fun. Okay, I like that. I think that's a really good way to approach it. So I want to cl- small mindset change. Yes, and and that's what a lot of the advice that you give in the book is small mindset changes that overall lead to, um, you know, a, a, a healthier lifestyle that moves us in the right direction. It brings you all back to homeostasis, which yes. is where the body really wants to be. So I want to close out with a little um, round of what we like to call swipe left, swipe right. And it's basically a game of thumbs up, thumbs down. And so I want to run through. I only have three of them, but I want to go through them with you because they touch on the diet and exercise, which we didn't touch too much on today's show. Sure. Um, and, and I want to bring you back because I feel like there's a whole other section that we didn't even cover that I, <laughs> that I wish we, we had the chance to. So, And Candice, I want you to weigh in on these two. So I'll have Candice weigh in on what she does, and then you can let her know whether she's doing it right or wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Okay, so cheat days. Candace, there do you is ever... no right or wrong, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> do you have cheat days, Candice? Yes. Are you yeah. asking me? Oh, Asking Candace. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you do? How, <laughs> how often? Day. Oh, Father's Day. Okay. Father's Day was a so cheat day. So how often do you allow yourself to have a cheat day? Probably a couple days a month. Okay. So, Dr. Heskid, are you pro or against cheat days? Totally pro. Really? Pro. I have, what I have are called cheat moments. <laughs> I never okay. have a whole yeah. cheat day because, okay. I don't know, I just get over it after I have the moment, but I definitely have, a, I definitely have my cheat moments. And I have my cheap moments maybe a couple times a week. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Okay. Candace, do you ever exercise to compensate for a splurge so, or to compensate for a cheat day? Do you overdo it at the gym the next day? Well, I'm so addicted to Tracy Anderson <laughs> two hours a day that I feel like when I'm in my homeostasis, like I'm doing two hours a day, six days a week. Like that's oh, my... My That's thing. Yeah. So I don't feel like it's a splurge to compensate because I feel like that's just what I'm supposed to right. be doing. But if I take time off, 
then I really kill myself and okay. be really consistent. Okay. But it, it's not generally related to food. Okay. It's related to taking time off from exercising. Okay. What do you think, Dr. Heskett? So this is the one very powerful mindset change. Okay. I want you. I want everybody out there to exercise in anticipation of their cheat. Okay. Okay. And mm. the reason is because if you go in and hit it hard with some high intensity stuff, and you're active all during your day before your fancy dinner at night, you will have such an afterburn of metabolism during that dinner that you will just you will just be burning, 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 burning. The second you eat all that food, it's going to go into storage, and going ahead and trying to compensate for it the next day is going to be so much more difficult to get rid of that stored fat because the body has already taken it and put it away. I like that. Okay. So, and, so and it's being consistent yeah. in what you do. Yeah, and being con- yeah exactly, and being con- and I don't you know I don't like really relating um, exercise to. Um, splurging what you eat because then exercise becomes kind of the villain mm-hmm. and um, yeah. you know I mean exercise should be fun should be fun and, yeah and yeah, it's something and it that should we something should that enjoy you love to do so that's why I like to do it first because it's sort of like you know you can still enjoy it and have fun and you're still thinking about oh this, I'm gonna have this great night and I'm gonna have this special dinner and mm-hmm. I think you don't feel as guilty it, it doesn't associate guilt with sure. it. it I think it's a better way to go about it I agree Thank you so much for calling in, Dr. Heskett. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Everybody can go and pick up a copy of The Well Path by Dr. Jamie Heskett. Lose 20 pounds, reverse the aging process, and change your life. She has a whole plan on how to get your homeostasis. And I've <laughs> already it. started it. Um, I've got, I've finished the book, but I've already started to make some of the implementations little by little. And little I'm by liking little, it. All you yeah. Need to do. So thank you so much, Dr. Heskett. And where can people go to learn more about you and the book and um, the WellPath? Yep, they can go to thewellpath.com or thewellpathbook.com. I like it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you guys for listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. Candice, where, do everybody, where, do you, where should everybody go? GenerationRescue.org. GenerationRescue.org. Follow Generation Rescue at GenRescue on Twitter, at Generation Rescue on Instagram, and check out Generation Rescue on Facebook. Go support, do something good today. Um, and don't forget to subscribe to hashtag NoFilter with Zach Peter every Wednesday on iTunes. Um, I will be back next Wednesday, and we're going to have a lot of fun next week. I don't know what's happening yet, but it's going to be great. Thank you guys for listening. Bye. Bye.